help support your local businesses, whether they are your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you are there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. No, I think that, you know, Dan asked me a great, you know, question about, you know, what do I think? You know, I think, you know, I don't come to play this game to be second place. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. Chris is late, so I'm going to skip my Twitter part. Go ahead and talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's CKID206. Man, who you guys heard, you know, before our intro, man, you guys know who that was. That was Dangerous, number three. Chris, I'll even call him Mr. Unlimited today because I hate that. <laughs> I hate that line. I hate the name. I hate really everything about the Mr. Unlimited. But damn it, he's playing like it. Um, that was Russell Wilson letting it be known that he believes he's the best in the league. And I, I something I wrote about you know this morning for the Athletic. Or I wrote it last night after the game. But after you throw, it's not after you throw the nine touchdowns in two games or whatever, and you cook. I think there's so much back context to what is going on with Russ right now. Because, like, Chris, I'll start with the uh, the Pro Bowl. Follow me here. Remember Pro Bowl weekend, I think someone asked if this team can win a championship or something like that. And he says, uh, we need superstars. All right, that was the, oh, we need more superstars. Um, and then he's at um, Super Bowl week. I think he's on a podcast with Cameron with who. Uh, and then he's like, you know, uh, we uh, we got to run up-tempo offense. It won't be more like the Chiefs. That's what he said. He cited the Chiefs specifically, right, because they're the ones in the Super Bowl, and then they went on to win it. He also campaigns for Antonio Brown this offseason. He advocates for Josh Gordon. These aren't private, private conversations. He's doing this publicly. He went on a CBS podcast. We want A.B. He brought A.B. to the crib. Like, this is and posted it on social media. Um, so you get all of that. And saying, I think during camp or OTAs, that like he wants to treat every quarter like the fourth quarter. He wants to come out like that. Oh, and then you get first game of the year, he comes out cooking. And then before a primetime game against Cam Newton and the Patriots, the best secondary in the league, well, allegedly, I don't know about that now. Um, what does he do? He goes on the Dan Patrick show and he gets asked, Are you the best quarterback in the league? He's like, without, without a doubt, is his response. You get all of that leading up to. Sunday night and then Chris I think this is probably what the, is the best game Russ has played at this point I don't know what I don't know how he can top himself he does it week in and week out and he's doing it at a very efficient level that you point out where he doesn't make many mistakes 
I mean, the mistake that he made tonight wasn't even on wasn't even his fault. It just I wouldn't happened. call that a mistake at all. It's just the fact that Greg didn't catch the ball and he got intercepted. And I saw an interesting tweet that said there should be a stat where if a receiver drops a pass, it's not on the quarterback. It shouldn't be an interception on his behalf. That's your tight end receiver's fault for not hauling in the pass. But that's how great Russ is playing. He doesn't make many mistakes, if any, and he goes out there and he just wins, which, you know, now you look at your son every day. <laughs> it's a win for Russ. I mean, he's winning on the field and off the field. And to, on Sunday night, he just proved again why he is in the conversation that, as the best quarterback in the NFL, if not the number one guy. I mean, what can't this guy do? Well, well, nothing. He can do everything. Uh, I, I also think it's important, too, to know, and I I haven't heard this from Russ specifically, but you guys just got to trust me on this one. Russ is very aware of what goes on in the NFL world. I think I wrote last night that the NFL world is essentially high school. Just think of it like high school, right? Um, and Russ is like that kid who knows who's the popular. He knows who's getting the talk. He's like that kid in the back who keeps getting the straight A's, but ain't nobody asking him to be valedictorian, right? Like, he's that kid. Like, he feels that. The best I can – he just feels slighted. Let's put it that way, yep. right? And it's it's subtle. Like, it's, he's not losing sleep over this stuff, but, like, he knows that – Patrick Mahomes is considered the best quarterback in the league, and it's not really a discussion, right? Like, there's maybe a discussion, but if you bring up Russ, you basically got to back it up with a bunch of what-ifs and analytics and stuff like that. Like, you have to. You can make the argument, but it's, come on, it's it's a really hard one to make. Um, he knows the last two years he's played the best ball of his life and hasn't hasn't won MVP. Hasn't gotten a vote. Now, I know why he hasn't gotten a vote, but still, he hasn't gotten one, right? That stuff matters. You know, the, the talk is... That these other two guys, it's the leaders of the new school type of thing. You got Lamar Jackson who's killing it. You got Mahomes who's killing it. Both of whom are still killing it, by the way. Um, he feels all that, though. So that's what kind of fuels what we're seeing now for Russ to be out here outspoken. To be like, yo, I'm that dude. I'm going to let you know I'm that dude. And then I'm going to prove that I'm that dude against the best secondary in the league. And I'm calling them that for now because, I mean, Chris, if entering this game, where they beat the Patriots thirty-five to thirty, we would agree, yeah, that this was the the. We actually did. We actually had a. Maybe we we're talking off wax, but I'm ninety-nine percent sure it might have been on the show that we did have a discussion about our who you, who we thought were the top secondaries in the league. We named our top five, and the Patriots were definitely number one for sure. Oh yeah, because we're ranking where the Seahawks ranked defensively. Well, that's got to change. Well, yes. Before the season, Before I was this, high on because we had the Saints. We had the. I don't think I had the Saints high. We did. I would have had the Ravens higher than I would have had the Ravens. No, this is I, we had top five. I swear it was top five, and we we went down from five to one. Oh, from five to one. Yes, okay, and we yeah. had Saints, we had Ravens, we had Seahawks, and we had the Patriots. And I remember saying I have the Patriots number one. I think you might have had the the Ravens at that time before Earl and everything. Yeah, before Earl got cut. Yes, we definitely had that conversation. The Bills and the Steelers are good too, but the point is that yeah, this is probably the best. They got the best corner in the league. And Russ just kind of just didn't care about any of that. He was just like, I'll give all of you guys buckets. It's just like you one of those. It's like that Michael Jordan, and I took that personally vibe. That's kind of how Russ is on. It's Even I'll, I'll add some more context, Chris, because I think this is important. Obviously, Russ played well, but I'm telling you why we're seeing what we're seeing. It's not just like, a, oh, Russ is playing well. Russ always plays well. Russ wants us to know he's playing well and wants us to care and wants us to talk about it. Like what he said about the Falcons um, when they went for that fourth down last week. Uh, uh, to DK Metcalf 
He was like, yeah, you know, I saw them celebrating on third down. So I was like, you know what, coach? Keep the keep the special teams unit on the side. I'm about to go for this. I'm about to get it. And I'm about to throw the touchdown to DK. Watch. And he throws it. And if you think about it, Chris, that's absurd. Every defense in the NFL celebrates after third down. That's the point. <laughs> to get third down stops. They all celebrate. Like Got you off the field. <laughs> yeah, they're like the defense getting mad because the offense celebrated a first down or a touchdown. They suppo- Well, I guess they do get mad at those things. But, like, that's absurd too, right? Because this dude, there is something burning in this guy. Despite getting a hundred and forty million dollar contract, despite going to going to sleep next to Sierra every night, this this fact, despite having a Super Bowl ring, um, despite being a seven time Pro Bowler in like eight full seasons, like despite all of that, there's still a big old chip hanging from his shoulder, and it's not one of those cliche like I got that chip. No, 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 it's real. You can see it. That's how he gets down. You know, when he wished Bobby Wagner a happy birthday in May. He brought up the the dude who gave them an F in the draft. Bro, that was in 2012. Yeah, let that go. Bobby was turning 30. <laughs> let that yeah, let that hurt go. <laughs> You're looking like a Falcons fan. Just let the hurt go. I think you put it perfectly. You said this is Angry Russ and he is in his bag. Yeah, like this is this is the, yeah, Angry Russ is probably we need to give it a different name. Uh but cuz the Angry Doug is the one that yep. that sticks in this part of town, but it's not just yo, I'm balling. It's a man. I'm going to force you to watch me ball. Because, Chris, today the Patriots had no answer. No. There was none. They had zero answer. There was a stat that popped up on the broadcast. I know a lot of listeners might have seen it if they're watching it on TV, of course. All right. Here's this crazy stat about the Patriots from last season. Last season, the Pats, they gave up four touchdowns to wide receivers. Well, if you watched that Sunday night football game, you would have noticed that well, DK Metcalf scored, wide receiver. Tyler Lockett scored, wide receiver. David Moore scored, wide receiver. Freddie Swain scored, wide receiver. In one game, they gave up four touchdowns to four different wide receivers. And you look at that stat from last year, and that just shows, damn, Russ was really cooking up. And he really just played an incredible game. And he dished, everyone, everybody cooked. Everyone was participating in Russ's cooking show. And we, it was it was live on Sunday Night Football, man. I mean, just think about that stat. Last season, the Patriots, the Patriots only gave up four touchdowns to wide receivers, and then on Sunday Night Football, they gave up four touchdowns to four receivers on one team. Insane. They matched the total number of touchdowns allowed by receivers all of last year in one game. How's that sound, Mike? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they probably not gonna be the best secondary after that. Nah. But th- I still think they're pretty good though. I oh, just, they're very. I think they're, it speaks more to it's one of those. It speaks to what Russ is doing. Speaks to that Seahawks offense and what they're doing, how they're changing things for them, for their standards of play and what they usually do. Because imagine this team has been accustomed to just running the ball down the team's throat. I mean, we're two weeks in, and guess how many rushing touchdowns Chris Carson has right now? Zero, right? Yeah, none. He has zero rushing touchdowns. I'm curious to go look back and see what he did last year, but I would put money that he had maybe two rushing touchdowns already two weeks in in 2019. And that just shows the difference in how the Seahawks have just said, you know what, we do have an MVP caliber quarterback back there. Why not give him an opportunity to make plays with this talented receiving core that he has in DK and Ty Lott and David Moore? And now you have tight ends and Greg Olson and Will Disley, who's healthy. I mean, he Russ has a lot of weapons. I mean, a few weeks ago we talked about, is this team, weapon-wise, is this the most that he's had? I mean, you're seeing it. 
back-to-back weeks where everyone's getting touches, and that's really good to see. And Russ is proving that he is that dude. He is really out here doing the damn thing. You, you looked it up, Mike. What'd you see? All right, I know it's tough times for a lot of folks out there, but if you want to save a little bit of cash, $50 is more affordable than any other cable providers. With the NFL season around the corner, FUBU TV will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. So go to fubu.tv backslash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's fubu.tv backslash athletic. Start your first month today. Uh, Chris had one touchdown in the first game against the Bengals. He was also fumbling a lot to start the year last year. But yes, he was running the rock. Yeah, I mean the the number of of touches that you know they're giving to everyone else, like they're feeding DK and Tyler, and then it's kind of everyone else gets to eat off the the scraps. Uh, kind of the dropbacks have been way more than the um, the design runs. I think in both games and week one it was ridiculous. It was like forty to eighteen or something like that. And I think in week two this year it wasn't as uh, it wasn't as lopsided. I think about thirty or so dropbacks. Um, versus maybe like 30, I think it was like 33 or something, versus maybe like 25 design runs for people who weren't Russ. Um, so it clearly there's an emphasis to like throw to throw to rock. And it's going to be like this. Everyone asked me last week was like, okay, is this going to be the thing? Or are we going to adjust? Or it is what it is. Um, I was like, you know, I'm not really sure, but I leaned toward it being the new norm, that they were going to kind of establish the Russ, as I like to say. Now I'm pretty confident in that. Like if there was any time to revert back to the normal of it like, would have been today. It would have been against this <laughs> or, secondary. Excuse me, Sunday night, yeah. yeah. It would have been against this particular secondary against the best prize schemer in the NFL. Because I don't think the scheme was bad even today. But look at some of those touchdowns, like the Tyler Lockett touchdown. What's, yeah. the, what's the dude supposed to do against that? Well, for one, the D-line didn't get enough pressure on Russ, and Russ was able to create something. And Ty Lockett and Russ have that. They have something where when plays break down, Ty finds open space, and Russ is able to find him for six. And then you look at the touchdown of D.K. Metcalf. That was just a great route and a pretty good ball from Russ. Then you look at D. Moore's touchdown. Good route, another great pass by Russ. Good coverage. I mean, they're all there, but Russ is just really good at placing the ball where he believes only one guy can get it and happens to be another Seahawk. And then Chris Carson just runs right by the defender for a touchdown. I mean, you look at everything that happened tonight or Sunday night, and it just shows the growth of the Seahawks' offense and the trust they're putting on Russ to go out there and do the things that everyone says, oh, we know Russ can do it, but we don't get to see it because they hand the ball off 25, 30 times a game. Well, you know what? Russ is now dropping back throwing, and he's having fun doing it. He's out there having a good time, and he is cooking up defenses. And I'm excited to see how the rest of the season goes with the offense in Russ's hands for the most part. Well, And the other part about it is, you know, I think I talked about it last week, balance has not handed it to Chris Carson 20, 25 times. And then throwing it 20 or 25 times. That's stupid, right? Like, that's not how balance works. Uh, it balance is spreading it out to everyone. Like, five different dudes caught a, caught a touchdown today. It's back-to-back weeks they've done that. The last week it was three different dudes caught a touchdown because I think Chris caught two. Like, that's how it's going to be, uh, I, I think. That would be that would be my guess. And another thing that's really interesting about the whole kind of Russ being in his bag like this, is the efficiency still being there? Because that was like when I talked to people within the building the last couple of years, the, one of the holdups, aside from Pete kind of believing and running the rock and playing excellent defense, one of the holdups to the ph- uh, philosophical shift was Pete believing, maybe not Pete, oh yeah, no, this is Pete, Pete believing, he never told me this, but this is kind of what I've been hearing, that 
they have this like an internal belief in the organization that with Russ, less is more. Like he's so efficient because he's only being asked to do this much, right? He's only being asked to just make these throws. You know, that's why he's so efficient. Which I you know, because of the people who would tell me this, I I, I would be like, okay, cool. Maybe there's something to that. It's a tough sell for me. It always has been. Um, I think after 2015, that's a very tough sell because even in – I, I started covering the Seahawks in 2017. and that year, there was no run game. The old line was bad, and, Lus- and Russ led the league in touchdown passes and was very efficient, right? So I just never really bought fully that, hey, if you ask him to do a lot more, he's gonna, his efficiency is going to drop. I never really thought – he reminds me, Russ, more of like a, like a Steph Curry, like, yeah, the degree of difficulty on this stuff is hard, but it, and yeah, he may shoot 20 times a game, but he, he's so nice. He's still going to shoot 50 from the field, 40 from three, and hit 90% from the free. That's what he does. It doesn't really matter if you ask him to shoot more. You know, he's not going to get less efficient. And that's kind of how Russ is. Even with an old line that's like, I think they're, they've been better. Um, they have been better. But even with an old line that's not going to be like in the top 10, Russ can overcome that and still ball out and still be efficient. Look at these numbers he's putting up, Chris. Like how many he, how many interceptions or how many incompletions does he have? Eleven. So he had seven seven uh, incompletions today and four in week one. That's eleven. That's eleven. That's the only math I'm comfortable doing. <laughs> so he's got nine touchdowns and eleven incompletions, and two of those are drops. I think uh, in the first game by DK and then one today by Greg. Um, which went for a pick six. The, and the other interception, just throwing it away because he's under pressure, under uh, duress. Yeah, he had one. He missed the ball to lock it uh, today on third and one, which I thought was a good decision. Um, and he he missed one on DK too uh, today. I mean, he misses some too. But the point is that the efficiency is still there, even though the volume is not really. Asking him to do a lot doesn't mean that he's going to start being bad at doing those things, right? I never really bought that. There are some QBs who I would buy that from, like, uh, I would say that for like a Jimmy Garoppolo. A Kirk Cousins. If you ask those guys every night to win you the game, you are going to lose more often than not, I would imagine. Ryan Tannehill, I would say, probably in that same boat. Even though he's been playing really well, if you asked him 16 times a year to go say, hey, Ryan, we need you to win this one for us, you're probably going to go 8-8, eight eight, right? That's just not it is what it is. It's because he's not built to do that. Russ, you ask him to go do that, you can probably go like 14-2. and two. And Like if you ask Russ to do it, depending on if the defense doesn't blow a bunch of leads. So I think that's the the most encouraging part of all this. Yeah, obviously, come cook in the Patriots is big deal. That's a it's huge prime time. Like he's probably gonna cook the, the Cowboys next week. Like that's just how how it works. Uh, no pun intended with the use of cook there, but the fact that Pete Carroll this is this is what he needs to see. Like personally, I want Pete to look at these tapes and be like, "Yo, you see these efficiency? That's what you want, right? Because that's what football is about." You move the ball down the field as efficiently as possible, relative to the skill sets your team your team has. If you're if you're the if you're uh, the Niners, that means running it. If you can pick up first downs on third and thirty one, <laughs> that means running it. If if you're the Seahawks or the or the um, the Chiefs or the, even the Ravens, that means throwing that thing. Hopefully, Pete watches this and be like, "Yo, everyone was right. <laughs> everyone was right. What took me so freaking long?" Chris, do you remember last year um, Todd Gurley kind of got going later in the year and someone asked Sean McVay, like, what took so long? Like, And I think Sean McVay was like, it was just me being a dumbass. Like, I'm pretty sure we could find a quote, but I'm pretty sure it was something just like that. Yeah, that's probably is with Pete. I probably asked Pete in one of these Zooms, like, yo, what took you so long to let Russ cook? And be like, that's on me. 
You know how people tap their chest, you give up the big play? That's like, on me. Yeah, that's, that's my th- fault. That's my fault. My bad, guys. That's on me. And then we just got to look at Pete and be like, yeah, you here now. <laughs> it's almost like this is this is a little bit of a stretch, too. I got one more analogy in me. You know, when Pete gave, this, gave his speech about racism in America, yes. and I was really proud of Pete. I was like, yo, thank you. What took so long? Where the hell you been? Where <laughs> 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 you been the last 60 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for real. <laughs> so now it's the same thing. It's like, oh, you letting Russ cook. Where the hell you been, brother? <laughs> been coaching this team for a while now. <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah. So I think Pete. I said this last week. Pete has a tendency to learn the wrong lessons from games. It looks like he's finally learning the right lessons, and it's about damn time. Because I don't know what else Russ can do. He's saying it publicly. He's saying it privately. Does he need to text it to Pete every night before bed? Let me cook. <laughs> That's a good bedtime story. Uh, yeah. Once upon a time, I cooked and we won. <laughs> By Russell Wilson. The end, yeah. By <laughs> Dangerous, Mr. Unlimited, whatever you want to you want to call it. Like Co-authored it's, by Mike Dugar. No, Russ can have a credit. It's cool. <laughs> I ain't throwing no passes. Hey, you know, just let me write the book on your career when it's done, and then we can split the money. Never mind. I don't put that. I'm a, I got to gotta go. I got to work that in myself. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't need no credit because, you know, Russ is who does the work. Yeah. Uh, he's equal opportunity, man, just hitting every DV today, too. That was. I don't know why teams play so much man coverage against Russ. I guess you got to. Well, the thing is, if you play man and you don't, and the everyone's locked up, that just allows Russ to create something. If you play zone, that allows Russ to do the same thing because now he can see where there's holes. And usually Ty Lockett, he finds yeah, those Ty's holes. Ty's good at finding those and holes. Yeah. And if, and they run a lot of crossing routes. That's the problem when they when they defenses go zone like San Francisco. They play a lot of they zone. They play a lot of zone. Yeah. And if you watch when the Seahawks play. Ty Lockett just crosses the middle of the field, and the linebackers, once you get behind them, it's a wrap. Right. I know I'm jumping ahead because the Seahawks don't play the Niners for a while, but it's that same philosophy of, well, if you're going to play man and zone, we're just going to send Tyler across the field because he's 99 speed, and you can't keep up with him, and he catches everything that's in his that's near him. And he don't take no hits. He's smart. He gets down. He gets down. So, yeah, Seahawks are figuring out that, hey, we can definitely attack defenses. Russ, there you go. Just – do what you do. We see it every day in practice. And, yeah, as Mike said, Pete, what took you so yeah, long? Yeah, where you been, brother? <laughs> Welcome to the party. We have drinks. Chips are over there. Bathrooms to the left. <laughs> Welcome to the Let Russ Cook party. Speaking of parties, when are we going to have some sack parties, man? It, that pass rush is not partying like we thought it would be. And I am getting fearful because I had a draft saved in my tweets. If the Seahaw- if I don't even want to put this in the air, but had the Panthers gone down and scored? Pitchers. Oh man, I'm. It's cool. Cam, it's Cam. No, I get it. The peas, all that. If the pages had gone down and score, that my tweet that I had saving the drafts was that. You see what happens when you have an elite secondary and your pass rush just doesn't get it done, because we saw time and time again, there were two receivers that caught the pass, had no idea who they were, Mike, and I'm thinking, yo, what is going on? Like you would think, a Dunbar, a Shaq. Jamal Adams will be able to lock these guys down. Outside of Julian Edelman, I know Julian Edelman's elite. He's one of the top receivers in this game. He's I, just I old. Don't, I wouldn't call him that. He is. He's not. What would you, what would you consider top? He's top 15. No, he's not. I think he is. No, he's not. I think I, he I is. will name you 15 receivers right now. Well, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're not going to do that. The point is, outside of that, the fact that Cam threw for over 300 yards is a bit concerning. Yeah, was it 397? It's the final total. I that's mean, you want to you want to round up and give him four hundred. Might as well. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of yards. And that starts with the pass rush. And I know Mike, you're a big component of Jamal. I'm just gonna make up for that. 
He hasn't yet. I mean, he's leading the team in sacks, and it's still not good enough because teams are still throwing on them. Yeah, so here's the the pass rush is is a, is a problem. So here's is two things that are concerning about the pass rush. A, I thought it would be better. Um, I do think not having Quandre today was a little bit of a uh, that, that did that did take I, a hit. I thought that mattered a lot. Actually, and perhaps that could be the that's 200 yards right there without Quandre. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if he's we don't worth know that many st- yards. That's a lot, but I. I Let's say maybe those two deep balls to Julian don't hit. Don't happen, yes. Because that's right. That's Quandre territory, middle of the field, and that's just not Jamal's strong suit. It's not. You see who was those balls on, right? Like that, you know. Uh, that It's a lot worse than I thought. Actually, the secondary is not playing as well as I thought. Um, it is actually, I think, a, a legit reason to be concerned. During the game, it's not that, like, during the when, – when the game was within reach for both teams, I don't think it's actually that bad. Like, I think the the secondary's been fine. The problem is when they sit back and they know the other team is throwing. Like, that whole, f- the last, like, two or three drives by the Panthers. See, look at you. You got me calling them Panthers. <laughs> by, the, by the mighty Cam Newtons that were here on Sunday night. It's the last way. few drives by them, Chris, you knew they were throwing. I knew they were throwing. Your girlfriend's in their sleep, but I'm pretty sure she knew they were throwing. You know, my auntie don't know nothing about football. Pretty sure she knew they were throwing. Everybody knew they were throwing. Where's the pass rush? Like the whole the whole thing about pass rushers is when you talk to them, they're like, yeah, like we want teams to throw a bunch so we can pin our ears back and just rush the QB because you know they have they have responsibilities for the run too. That's why they can't just rush up field all the time, right? You have your gaps, ain't none of that. <laughs> you know no. when they, when they, when it's when they're throwing every single play, and you can't get there. I mean, nobody. Did they even touch Cam in that final I those final two drives? Can't Cam was Jamal Adams? Oh, in the final two drives, I don't think he was touched. I mean, just to put things in perspective, Julian Edelman had eight catches for 179 yards. Good God! I mean, and you just said he's not top 15. He's that's not. I wouldn't. You want me to name me 15 guys? No, I'm just putting it out there. You let a guy that's not top 15 give you eight for 179. Granted, Quandre Diggs was out, but then last week in Atlanta, you let two dudes give you 18 catches. For over 250 yards. Those dudes are better than Julian, but I get your point. I mean, and now you look ahead, the Seahawks are playing the Cowboys. What do you think those guys are going to do? Which is, we talked about off-wax with C.D. Lamb, Gallup, and Cooper. Oh, man, that's, the Seahawks got to figure out ways to get pressure on the quarterback. One thing I did notice and I do like is the fact that they're willing to blitz. They're sending Jamal Adams they just got to figure out how to bring guys down. And I get it. Cam's just one of those guys that – Yeah, you just can't just, tackle Jesus, Cam. I mean, it's hard. Jamal Adams had two, two, I think two or three opportunities to sack the man, and Cam just was like, whoop, get off me. That's the present that Cam brings to the game. Dak, I don't think he's going to be bouncing off those plays like that. I think He if, could, though. Dak's strong, he, too. He could, but he's also not 6'5", 240, 230. Cam is just a different breed, as we, as we just talked about. They got to figure something out. That D-line has to get more pressure because what's going to happen is against better offenses that have receivers that can get open on man-to-man coverage, it's going to look like what we saw with the Falcons where Kais are just running all rampant across the field making plays and Dak throws for 400 yards or another quarterback throws for 400 yards. I mean, this season the defense has not looked good at all for the most part. Erectile dysfunction. That's something that's not easy to discuss. Usually... We make excuses. We're not up for it. Sometimes we just avoid having that entire discussion about what's going on below the belt. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. A.K.A. In other words, that means nobody needs to know about this. 
With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. It's easy to get started. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Hawks. Again, visit GetRoman.com slash Hawks to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Hawks for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash Hawks. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think so. And I think yeah, the 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 situations are, are really troubling. Like I, said, I, can, I mean, that's my whole thing. I don't know how they're gonna get better. Maybe they won't. The most troubling part is you know what's coming. Matt Ryan dropped back what fifty something, t- fifty four times. Um, and I use dropbacks which account for like scrambles um, and sacks too, because you got to count all of those when you're talking about um, the opportunities to rest the passion. So Cam had forty four attempts, but he was sacked once. So that's forty five. I don't know how many. Oh yeah, because Jamal Adams caught him when he was trying to escape. Yeah, that went down as a sack. And I don't know how really? many. Yeah, I don't I know. He just got a sack for zero yards. Hmm. So that's how it goes. They gave uh, it to him on that one. Yeah. So <laughs> and I don't know. He had eleven rushes. I don't. I don't know how many of those were scrambles because you have to account for those as well. I would. Um, I'm off the top. I think two or three. Yeah. So he didn't scramble too much today. Yeah. Or Sunday so night, let's me. let's see. Let's 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 guesstimate. That you're looking at about 48 dropbacks, oh, man. and you get one sack. That's just not gonna cut it. So that's back to back weeks where you've gotten a hundred, a hundred plus dropbacks. Let's say 102 or something like that, and two sacks, and you got three sacks. Three, oh, Benson has one, and Jamal has two. one, and uh, and well, Jamal has two. Benson Mayo has, has one. one. Yep, that's it though. You're looking at three sacks and like a hundred dropbacks. That's not gonna get it done. That's just not like th- th- that's the number right there. That because that's how um, that's how you get like your sack rate yep. as you use numbers like that and pressure rate too. They probably have more pressures. I think they had like nine pressures or something like that against the Falcons. I don't know how many they had against against New England, but that that's that's the most troubling part. Like if I'm Clint Hur and I'm Ken Norton and I'm Pete, I'm just like we can't even get there when we know they're throwing. Yeah. That is an issue. That means our guys just are bad in technique. They got no chemistry. I don't know what the hell it is. But there, there's unless the secondary is gonna morph into a much better unit, and maybe they will next week. Uh, and That's it, a tall task. And I, no, I think they can do it. I don't know. Marquise Blair being out will still sting. But yep. I mean, not having Quandre, I think the gap between Quandre and Leno is significant. Even though both of them can start games, um, Leno made a big play on the goal line there. But yeah, I, I don't even having Quandre back. I just think that this is this is like still a concern. I don't I don't really see it going away. Because it's one thing when you're not in a situation, you don't have the opportunities. Like, I didn't think they'd have the opportunities today. I thought Cam would drop back maybe 22 times. He dropped back 48. Yeah. That's, that's not – that's a lot of pass rush opportunities there. I don't – a lot of those are play action too to move the pocket around and make it harder to get to the passer. But there, I don't even know if there was a lot of play action in the last two drives. How could you play action when you they know you're in a two-minute offense? They were just hurrying up pretty yeah, much, Yeah, and man. just slinging it. So, I mean, it's – Watching the tape, I bet you Pete Carroll is probably like, yo, damn it, we screwed. Should we sign a clowny? <laughs> clowny, Everson Griffin. <laughs> um, Clay Matthews. Anybody. Anybody. Somebody. You need a you need a veteran presence. And now with Bruce Irvin, we don't question marks with his health. I mean, that's it's just one of those things where I, I really believe that, you know, as good as Jamal Adams is, they can't guard forever. And we saw that tonight. I don't even know if they were guarding that long. They were just there were a few plays where Cam, well, yeah, some of them, yeah. I was just 
thinking, okay, well, someone's going to get open. And what do you know? Oh, it's Julian Edelman. <laughs> yeah, of all people, like, Julian Edelman <laughs> open every time. But even, like, the, on the outside, so who the hell was number 10? Darid, uh D. Bird. How the hell he have six catches? <laughs> That's my point. I mean, there. I mean, Demir Bird. There were a few times where he ran a curl route. Cool. I get it. Curl route, understood. But I think maybe three of the other four catches possibly were him just making something out of nothing, meaning passers didn't get there. Cam is still sitting back there. Oh, let me get open for you. Oh, I got you. First down. That's the problem that I was worried about. Now, the Seahawks are fortunate not going to face a mobile quarterback every week. All right? That's great. But, for example, with the Cowboys, that is a mobile quarterback. If you don't get pressure on him, it's going to be a problem if he's able to just sit back there, play make, and someone else is able to find an open spot. Because, again, we talked about the fact that Quandre was out and Jamal Adams having to cover more ground and play a position that, you know, he's not really good at covering guys over the middle. He's never been asked to guard guys like a Julian Edelman for some time at the game. And he was asked to do that on Sunday night, and it didn't work his way. Hopefully having Quandre back for week three will have some changes, but – I believe that I'm still rolling with the fact that, you know, that pass rush got to put up pressure. Someone's got to become a problem. When they look at that scouting report, they got to say, oh, number 90, this guy's got to be a monster. We got to double team him, make someone else beat us. Until that happens, I just, it's going to be tough. I feel as if the Seahawks are just going to be sitting ducks back there and everybody's going to look like Nick Mullins, 400 yards. <laughs> yeah, no, they can't just keep giving 400 yards. The other thing, it's my last point on the secondary. Um, my belief was that, in a game where there's 45 dropbacks or whatever, even a game with three sacks is like that's a good game, right? But you think about it, three times getting home out of 45 isn't really a lot, right? I I th- I think prioritizing being able to do something when the ball does get out, i.e., having elite DBs, um, would kind of make up for that. But even today, you got of his 44 attempts. This is where attempts is more important than dropbacks. On his 44 attempts, you got three passes defense. That's it. That also is not enough. I think one of those is the pick by Dunbar, which is a great play, by the way. Great play. And the drop pick by Dunbar. Yeah. The other one, yeah, the other one is the <laughs> drop pick by Dunbar. The other one, and then the third one is, uh, oh, LJ batted a ball at the line. Right? So that's not even a DB thing. So really the only DB who made a play on the ball today was Quentin. That's not, no, that's the hell no. That won't get it done. That is where I think, like the pass rush, I don't think will get like significantly better. Like if it's ranked whatever, 30th or right now in pressure rate or whatever as of Monday morning, then maybe it only bumps up to 22 or 24 by the end of the season. But I think just from a se- from a whole defense standpoint, the secondary needs to get more hands on more balls because they want to get more ops. You know, like it's more likely the ball is going to get out than you are going to get home to the quarterback. And having a game like this where the quarterback drop backs 48 times or throws 44 attempts and you want to get your hands on two of them as a secondary, no, no, no. That's scary. That's not okay. That's not okay. This, that's the Achilles heel of the team right now. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe it won't. Um, no, it, it needs to get better. If they have goals of doing A, B, and C, there's only one goal. Well, Super Bowl. That needs to get well, better. Well, I guess it's probably win a division and then. It needs to get better if they want to win a division. You look at Green Bay. <laughs> no, just the division. You, well, not even division. The fact that Green, I mean, let's say the Seahawks end up in division going up against Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl. What Green Bay is doing right now, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for 1,000 yards. Uh, Probably. And Devontae, Grant, Devontae Adams is going to have 500 if his hamstring is still there. I mean, that you don't want no problems right now. And, of course, this is 
18 weeks away. They they have plenty of time to improve. But what we're what the product they're putting out right now is a cause for concern. But you know what's not a cause for concern? DK Metcalf. And he just we kind of mentioned it earlier with Stephon Gilmore and the fact that the Seahawks offense was just barbecuing back there. But man, DK played a hell of a game today. Number one cornerback. I don't know if he is, according you know, what we saw tonight. No, no, he is. He was playing <laughs> good coverage today, man. DK, DK just had his number, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, it's an it's a, it's a offensively inclined brand of football that we're in right now in 2020. Hopefully that makes sense. I will say this, though. This is I'm going to make a statement here, Chris, and uh, I'm, I'm going to stand on it. I don't know if it's a hot take or not. I know you ask me for one every show. I think this is the, this is the day that um, DK Metcalf became Seattle's number one receiver. Like I think th- this is it. I think go ahead, Mark. What's it? What's uh, what was the day of the game? Septem- Nine twenty, September twentieth, two thousand twenty. That's the day DK Metcalf became Seattle's number one receiver. Like we into the thing. It's Tyler Lockett. It's no, no, no. It's DK. All due respect to Tyler. This is the day. This is the day DK became number one. Because when you do that against them type of dudes, because that ball from him against Gilmore. They was fighting. That wasn't, like, physically, like, for real. Not less, like, metaphorically. No, no, no. They was, like, one more after the whistle shove from throwing hands. It was yeah. about to be an A.J. Green and a... Was it? Cortland Finnegan. No, 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 no. That was Andre Johnson. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, it was about to be an A.J. Green, Jalen Ramsey, you know, Michael Crabtree, a keep to leave type thing. Take my chain? Yeah, yeah. Cortland Finnegan, Andre Johnson type of... We're, we're, we're going to fight. Like, it was going to be... It was going to be that. But it was pushing each other from on run plays. I felt bad for my guy, my cornerback, because it wasn't fair. DK was towering over him, just shoving him. I'm just like, why are you picking on him, man? Just just run by him. You ain't got to block him. You ain't got to do this to him because he was really punking him. After watching some of the replays, I'm like, yo, I see why Stefan took offense to this. My man is 6'4", six, 6'5", six, just shoving you, and he's just punishing you. Do you know why he did that? I give you a backstory. So um, I talked to uh, DK Metcalf's father. His name is Terrence. Terrence Metcalf. Played offensive line at Ole Miss, All-American. Played seven years in the NFL. I think all of them with the Bears, I believe. Quick, wait, wait, wait. His dad played O-line? Yeah, yeah, no, Terrence Metcalf played O-line? I'm thinking he played wide receiver. No, 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 no. I don't know how he... I don't... Yeah. Yeah, no, he was he was, a, he was an offensive lineman. Wow. Yeah. Okay, continue. Yeah, so um, I talked to Terrence. And um, so Terrence, again, he's an offensive lineman. So in his mind... He's he's physical by nature. That's all he knows. There's a guy in front of you. Whoop his ass. That's just how, move that's him just out that, the way. That's just kind of how offensive line play works, right? So when you have a son, and you're training him as a kid, what do you teach him? There's a man in front of you. Whoop his ass. That's just kind of how it works. Whether that, whether you're a receiver or a running back or whatever, the dude in front of you, you get your hands on him. And you be physical. You be tough. You get you that get that mindset in you. Like they used to go to the old Miss Stadium because that's where um. Both DK and Terrence went. Uh, they used to go there when DK was a kid, and they used to run sprints. They used to run stadium steps. They used to do drills, and he would let him know, like he would instill toughness in him. It's like that dude puts his pants on every day, just like you. You go there, you take it to him. Don't let anybody stop you. Like he taught him that physicality from an offensive lineman's perspective. So yeah, it could be a handoff to Chris Carson. DK's got his hands on dude. Like yo, that's because his dad's an O lineman. Dad's not like a receiver. Uh, that is why he's built like that. I mean, the other guys can block too. Tyler actually blocks really well. I don't think his block today was actually illegal. Man, that when I got flagged, I was gonna tweet. Might as well stop blocking the league. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, 
Tyler ain't hurt nobody doing that. <laughs> I mean, no offense, but he just he just not. So anyway, my my point is that DK is like that. It's not by mistake. He basically been programmed like he's raised like that. What Batman say? I'm born in the, uh, in the, oh, in the darkness. Oh, that was Bane. Yeah, yeah. when he's whooping Batman's ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that. That's it, that's who he is. That's who he was raised to be. When we see the dudes in front of him, he's put, he was taught to take it to him, and so that's why with a challenge like this. It was nothing for him to be like, oh, that's Stephen Gilmore? Bet. I'm ready. And and uh, I'll throw in some more backstory. This week, the Seahawks DBs was all up in the uh, receivers all week, being physical, playing the ball, playing a bunch of man coverage, trying to mimic everything that the uh, Patriots were going to do, right? So what does DK do right before the game? He, call, he talks to his dad. He's like, Dad, they made it hard on me this week. I'm about to go out here and do my thing. Like, told his dad that before the game because he was, again, he was built for it, right? Like, when when Terrence used to take DK to those uh, to the to the stadium, he was trying to break him. Like, he was trying to, like, mm. like really wear him down and, like, mold him, and he never broke. Yeah. He just became stronger. He'd be, like, 13 years old waking up ready to go run stadium steps again. So, of course, if the DBs this week in practice try to be Gilmore and they're putting their hands on you to get in physical, they're trying to break you. He don't break. Nah, he he come out and have 92 yards and a touch. <laughs> Man, I remember in Avengers, I think it was Infinity War, and Thanos was like, Tony Stark, I hope they remember you. That's kind of what DK did tonight. I hope they remember you, Stefan, because what I'm about to do to you is I'm about to just destroy you, bro. Yeah, that was <laughs> it was it was a beatdown. It was a beatdown, and it was fun watching the growth from DK coming into his rookie season to where he's at now. And I think he's just going to get better and better. I mean, the the offense is going to open up for him more. They're going to let him. I mean, I was hoping after he caught that slant, I was hoping that they would go back to him for a slant and go and let him use his speed again and burn him. But, you know, they said we're going to hit him with that corner. So it's all good, Chris. We got you. We'll, we'll let him do a corner for a touchdown. How's that sound? That works. That worked out for me. But, yeah, tonight DK definitely, I think, you know, he might have made a stamp that he is the best receiver on that team. And, it's going to be fun to see what he does the rest of the season, man. Well, yeah, because if you can handle – I wrote this, too, in the offseason. I was like, by the end of the last year, his rookie year, it was very clear that if you don't put your number one receiver on him the entire game – DB. it's a, or Excuse me, yeah, your number one DB on him the entire game, you're going to have issues, right, which is what the Cardinals tried and what the Rams tried with Jalen Ramsey and Patrick Peterson, and it worked. Um, he caught a really good ball on Ramsey, but he had to work for that. Um, that's what happens. The Eagles didn't have a number one receiver, so he, he killed him in that playoff game. I figured this year they have a lot of guys who can guard him on the schedule. They got, uh, you know, I think we've talked about it. Gilmore, Peterson, Sherm, Ramsey, how he, I mean, even Tredavious White. Like, they have those guys on the schedule. I figured, oh, okay, if they're going to do that, we'll see how DK handles it. This was test number one. Uh, check. <laughs> and if you could just, if you could beat up on Stephon Gilmore, you can beat up on anybody. So we'll see. The, the, the next big challenge, I think, is the Rams. So, um. I can't wait for that. Well, no, nah, the, the Dolphins got two good corners. They allegedly. So no, actually, I won't say alleged. Xavier Howard is good. Byron's cool too. So we'll 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 see. But yeah, I think this is the day, Chris. Mark it down. This is the day DK became the number one receiver. There it is. You heard it here first on Seahawks Man to Man podcast. But before we get out of here, we do get the Twitter questions. We want to thank everybody out there for staying up late and asking questions. We know it's we might post these questions around eleven thirty p.m. on. Sunday night. We appreciate you guys asking these questions, so we'll jump right into it. First up, question for the pod. 
Does management seem to know how bad the defense is, specifically the pass rush? The offense looks like it may be legit special, maybe the best in the league, but will, but they will not make a deep run with that pass rush. Are they willing to move assets to get a guy? Uh, well, that was a lot there. Uh, the short answer is uh, they don't have any assets. <laughs> that really is. They what? They got a second round pick left. That's it. Uh, there's not really much you can do with that. I don't. I think they are aware. I think they're holding out hope, though, kind of like how I am too, because they know that the core is good. In base defense, there's really good pieces there. KJ, Bobby, shout out to Bobby who sniffed out the final play, by the way. Yeah. To mention that, um, there's KJ, there's Bobby, there's it's Quandre, it's uh, it's it's Jamal, it's Shaq, it's Quentin. Like there are plays to be made there. Like I don't think anyone really got toasted today on the secondary. Other, the biggest plays given up were by Jamal. Uh, I think. Uh, actually, not. I think I know. I think he gave up like seventy yards to Edelman alone on two catches. Seriously. So I mean, they're holding out hope, and I, I think there's something to that, and we'll see. But no, they don't got no assets. Can't you? Who are you gonna get for second round pick right now? Well, I mean, there's probably somebody, but then you'd have, you would be picking until the fourth round. Man, uh, you don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to do that. Why is the secondary so bad after all the news we heard during training camp that this could be the best secondary in the NFL? Will they get better, or was it all cap? I think we talked. Uh, the short answer again. I think some of it is probably Quandre. Some of it is that prevent man. That's just not. You have to get physical, and I think they're gonna have to start risking giving up some of these deep balls if that's gonna be what it is. Because right now, it's a bend don't break thing, but it keeps breaking. These guys get paid. Once you, if you let them march to the thirty, they're gonna score. <laughs> that's how it works. So I, I don't know. There's a few reasons I think it's not it's not hitting, um, but I think a big part of it is the two minute not being great, which probably means the communication not being great, or guys are tired, and then this whole prevent thing, cover four, cover two, whatever it is, it's just not. It's yielding a lot of yards, with the hope that they won't give up the points, but they're giving up the points too. Where does this rank on the Seahawks list of never kick games? Myers just a footnote to rest his magic. Maybe Pete's learning. Also, how many GMs currently in the in the dirt for passing on Cam Newton? Uh, they punted on like fourth and something in Patriots territory, so it doesn't. It's still pretty low on the never kick list. That was soft. Uh, will we count, Chris? Nine GMs. Yep. Nine GMs blew it. If assuming Cam wanted a starting gig only, right? So otherwise, it'd be all thirty-two. Uh, at least nine. Nine GMs could have like Cam would be a significant upgrade on the guy they have starting today. We say Vegas. Colts, Miami, Dolphins, Giants, Jets, Raiders, Bears, Bengals, and Jaguars. No, I didn't say Jags. I love Gardner. Not Gardner. There was one more. I can't read my own handwriting. Now, that is a shame. Wow. Starts with an F, though. Huh. That's funny. I'm looking at this. It ain't the Falcons. There's only one team start with F. That, nah, my handwriting is, oh, Washington football team. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if every, these guys were looking for quarterbacks in March, remember, that's when free agency goes. Yep. None of these guys thought, oh, let's bring in camp. Yeah, fire your GM. Bengals might be okay. Bengals might be okay. But even then, camp's better than bro right now. If you want to win now, it, they might be 2-0. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Just throwing it out there. Seriously. Due to his size, Cam taking goal line carries is nearly a cheat code. Is there any reason 
the Seahawks couldn't try using DK like that sometime? Because DK, not Cam. Next question. <laughs> I'm sorry. <It's> just, <laughs> he's just not. DK can't throw. It's it's not just about being big and fast. Dual threat there. Yeah, that, that's not dual. That is a single threat run. You need to be a There's dual a reason threat. the Wildcat <laughs> doesn't work anymore. you got to be able to throw. The Seahawks really need either Daryl Taylor or Alden Robinson to emerge second half of the season. The Seahawks' D-line is powerful but has no speed, no excuse for a rock. Actually, I'm going to ignore that one. Next up, is DK the GOAT? Not yet. Not yet. It's still D-Hop or Julio in my mind. But he getting there, though. Welcome OBJ back to the conversation as well. <laughs> the tight end scene underutilized. What did you see? And also, since we're speaking of tight ends, is Will Disley okay? One catch early, nothing after that. You know, I thought the tight ends would be more involved this game. I, I, if I had to speculate, my guess would be that A, Russ wasn't afraid of taking shots outside the numbers because that's where the strength of the Patriots defense is, and he was like, damn all that. Uh, B, because they're spreading it around so much, well, how many different guys caught a ball last week? Nine? Yeah, it was nine. How many different guys caught a ball this week? Something Might very have been nine again. Very similar. Let's see. One, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. So eight guys caught a ball. I mean, there's just not many to go around. Actually, Greg Olson did not catch a ball. Seven. Okay, eight guys got targets. There we go. Um, so it's it's the same principle. Yeah. So that I think the tight ends are just kind of catching the short end of the stick on that right now. I think it'll even out as teams start to just try to like bracket Tyler and DK. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> but it. I don't. I think that would be my guess right now. After two games with a very strong offense and a mediocre defense, what is your prediction for the rest of the Seahawks season? What could be possible? I mean, I think if Russ keeps playing like this, they can go still go to the Super Bowl. I think it's very similar to um, the 2018 Chiefs, right? Because, I mean, the reason they didn't go to the Super Bowl is because what's-his-name was offsides, right? Their defense was bad, but they still should have gone. What's-his-name that was offsides? In the, in the AFC title game against the Patriots, he was offsides. Brady threw a pick. D4. Uh, D4 was offsides. That's why they traded his ass. <laughs> Got Frank Clark and won the Super Damn, D's probably salty. I Gotta for- be. I forgot all about that. Is he still on the Niners? I have to go look. All their guys are dead anyway. They're all on IR. The whole team is. Kyle Shanahan probably stubbed his toe getting on the plane. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I think they can still go to Super Bowl. I mean, I think that team should have. I think this team would be very similar where they have a a really, really, really explosive offense and then a defense that just just, just does enough to win you the division. I might have missed it, but why did you stop the post-game point after Q&A on the athletic site? Uh, man, we had two tough weeks with the late game, and then um, I did that running diary because I, I wrote about COVID. My bad, you got it. Let me know. If everybody listening right now, let me know what you want me to bring back the point after. It's been a little bit of a hassle with all the stuff I got to do on deadlines, basically, after these games. But I do miss it. If you guys want it back, I'll talk to Steve about it, and we can get it back. Got to give the people what they want, Mike. What are you thinking about Ethan Posick at center? As a center, excuse me. Uh, I don't notice him. It's a good sign. That's good. That is good. Will the Seahawks lose a single game this season? What's the at name on this one? <laughs> Liam Hyde at Sock Fudge. Sock Fudge. No, 16 and 0. There you go. <laughs> just, let's just ride it all the way to Tampa. <laughs> Screw it. I no. need a free trip to Florida. I like the way you spun that. A free trip to Florida. That does sound good, doesn't it, Mike? Uh, oh, it sounds free, so yeah. <laughs> 
Well, look, we want to thank everybody out there for asking Twitter questions. We appreciate the love and support. If you haven't yet, please go on Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast. Make sure you can download it. Get it on Spotify, mm, iHeartMedia. Mm, it's everywhere, app, man. It's, yeah, you know, it's everywhere. Anything you want to add, Mike, before we shake? Yeah, I do. I do. Actually, if we want to take a couple minutes real quick. Um, oh, yes, Damian Lewis. Yes, yes, every, yes, yes. Every week... I want to make sure we have we we stay on topic with what's really important with what's going on um, in terms of racism, police brutality. I didn't get a chance to ask any guys about it on these zooms. It was just there was a lot going on in my mind. My heart almost jumped out of my chest on that last play. But I want to I want to go back to some Damian Lewis, uh, rookie right guard, told us during the week. I asked him what uh, name he was wearing on his helmet. He told me um, Breonna Taylor. And then he said this week he was going to try to um, wear the name of his girlfriend's father. And he said that his girlfriend's father was shot by Chicago police um, in 1989. Uh, He was shot like nine times or something like that. It was like a raid on a house. Uh, It was was a wrongful. It was like a excessive force. I think they went to trial in 96. They settled in 98. Um, it, it It was a lot. But the point is, I can't even remember the details right now, but I want I want you guys to understand that while this may feel new, it's just, it's not, right? And it's not something we can really forget about. I don't know if his, if, if Damien got to wear the name uh, on on his helmet. Uh, this is really going to bug me now. I can't remember the, um, the, uh, the, the girl's name, but none of this is new. Right, and it's it, it's not something we're ever, we should ever forget. We got to keep talking about. You got the name? What's the girl's name? Oh, the girl, I have the dad's name. Oh, Savannah. An, oh, Andrew Sled. That's what it That's was. That's the dad's name. Andrew yes. Sled. Yeah, yeah. The police came, k- kicked in the door, came, shot him, left him for dead. I think he was handicapped after. I think he can walk now. Um, but I mean, it's think about that. Like this is from 1989. This is a problem in the 80s. Right, and we're still talking about it now. It may feel new because of social media and all that, and it's on and, and racism and all the end zones and stuff. But I just, I just want people to really think about how long people have been dealing with this. Like a lot of the times when you hear, um, "Yo, you know, what about Chicago? Like, what about black on black crime? Like, okay, what about Chicago? Because they, them police been shooting us too, right? Like, Chicago might be one of the most racist cities in America, and I'm not joking." Google it. It's been bad there. Um, and I, again, I didn't get to talk to a lot of guys about this after. Uh, I don't want to just keep talking about who stands for the anthem or whatever. Um, but like, just just go read about uh, Andrew Sled. Google that one. Like, take some time. Read the whole thing. Read about what happened. Read about how just how much they had to go through to just get any version of justice that took a decade uh, to get to. Right, that's that's the fight we've been on. And think about the players on the field who have to deal with that. Like how many other guys like Damian Lewis have to deal with something similar. Right. And that wasn't even his family, it was a girlfriend's dad. But and he's alive, by the way, he didn't die. But think about that. There's so many of these other guys who are from these areas where this stuff happens, or even if they're not, like they see a young kid get shot or something. Oh, they got kids. Like there's so many. We talked about Russ in that in that regard. Um I don't have like a take or anything, but it feels important to remind people of these things because if we don't, it will just we'll just move on. We'll talk about how great the game was in the next game. 
like well, how great this person played, and then next one. Just can't do that. Because every when all of these guys left the stadium to go home, their mom was probably worried about them. As great as great as it was, it was probably like great game, baby. Get home safe, right? Because that's that, that's how it's gotta be, right? And it wasn't like that for Will Disley's mom, probably. But it was like that for uh, Philip. Uh, maybe Philip Philip Dorsett didn't play, but it's probably like that for Tyler Lockett's mom, right? Like, remember that. That's important. I feel like I, I probably say that every show because that's that's really why we here. The touchdowns are great. Russ played great. DK played great. Shout out to Bobby. All that good stuff. Um, Seahawks are two and zero. I don't know if we even mentioned that. But when all these guys left the stadium, there was somebody worried that they wouldn't even make it there. Important, right? Really, really, really important. It's scary stuff. So uh, this is not to make anyone feel guilty or nothing like that, but it's almost like a like a hashtag never forget type thing. Like keep this in your mind because this is important. That's all I want to say. Appreciate the love and support, y'all. We'll catch you later this week. We are out. Time to your bag and I tell